I know the Bucks took a ton of crap from a lot of fans. I was very critical of it when they traded they, they traded up, I believe, to to spend a fourth round pick on a punter. And I tell you what, <laughs> after that play on Sunday, I would trade that pick for that one play. If he had not made another kick all year long, which he has, and he's been very, very good, by the way, if he had only showed up for that one moment and that one play, there's not a Bucks fan out there that wouldn't trade a fourth-round pick for making sure that they, they win the division. Uh, and that's what happened. Jay Camarda won them the division with that play. We don't often talk punters on the podcast, but this is something different. What an unbelievable play by Jake Camarda. Helping the Bucks sidestep potential disaster against Carolina and clinch the NFC South. We'll have more on that coming up. While, of course, our thoughts remain with the rest of the NFL world clinging to updates on the health and condition of Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin. With that said, it's the Bucks Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my friend Luke Easterling, the managing editor of USA Today's Bucks Wire. Luke, happy new year, man. Hope you and the family and everybody is doing well. Hey, same to you, Ryan. Uh, hope you hope you guys had a great holiday season. It's actually got a little bit cold down here in, in Tampa, which we kind of like. It got down into like the 30s and 40s, like right on Christmas, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. That was perfect. Uh, and now it's already like 78, 80. So, you know, not to not to dunk on everybody else who's still dealing with like snow and stuff. But we got like a couple of days of 30s, which was perfect. And now we're back in, you know, having to having to use the ac so sorry well, most folks were dealing with the arctic chill right but you you guys are were out there happy I'm that it was serious, man, i felt guilty i genuinely like like absolutely felt guilty like watching you know the ridiculousness of that storm and what it was doing in in places even that it doesn't usually do that i mean genuinely felt bad that like down here we were kind of like oh this is a little bit refreshing knowing that like most of the country was dealing with some really difficult stuff man it's, it's wild that is a that is a, a a point for Florida right there. A point for Florida and living in Florida for hey, sure. We don't have many. We don't have many, man. All, all, all the jokes are warranted. We got very few things we can hang our hat on and be proud of. I guess that's one of them. You got the weather. You get. You definitely got the weather. So uh, it's good to be back. It's our first podcast of 2023. We have uh, a playoff run to talk about. The Bucks have officially clinched. We're going to be getting to that. Uh, but right off the top here, uh, our first and foremost, Luke, like. Our thoughts have been, continue to be with DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin's family, the Bills, the Bengals. I mean, it was just a horrifying scene on Monday night, uh, what we all watched unfold on national TV. There's just no other way to put it. Uh, the folks at ESPN, the folks on the broadcast, uh, a lot of people have done a great job uh, talking through it, making it easier to, to digest. But I personally, Luke, I felt like I've been in a fog uh, all week since Monday night. Uh I'm glad. I thought the NFL got it right, canceling the game, not resuming it this week. I think that's all a good thing. We, we're all kind of stuck in this fog. I think we're all just continually refreshing Twitter, hoping for positive updates. We're just like, please tell me he's doing better. Uh, please tell me he's okay. I know as we speak here on the show, he's still fighting and, and I think uh, sedated. But they're saying maybe some positive signs. But again, you don't want to speculate anything. But before we start talking Bucks, and that's what we're gonna do, that's what we do. It's a Bucks podcast. We gotta, we gotta just gonna say at the top of our mind what we've we've been doing all week and will continue to do is checking up on Demar Hamlin and just hoping for better news there. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, this is what we do, right? Like you said, we're a Bucks show. I, I write about the Bucks. I write about the draft, and all all of us in this NFL world, right? Whether you cover a team, whether you play or you coach or whatever, like 
I think we all understand that, yes, we have jobs to do and we're going to continue to talk about the playoffs and we're going to continue to talk about what happens to Saints, you know, as things progress this week for the teams or the players or whatever, you know, our, our kind of relation to this league and this sport and this industry is. But I think, you know, I think we all agree that while we're doing that, it's just it's really hard to do right now because our, that's where our minds are pretty much every minute, every second. Like even while we're discussing these things, that's not just in the back of our mind. That's what we're, we're thinking about kind of the whole time. So, you know, we are going to get to the books and we are going to talk about these things. And, uh, but at the same time, we're, we're doing that with the full disclosure that, you know, like you said, we're not all right. We're not okay. You know, it, it's hard to talk about this stuff, you know, whether you, whether you're in a locker room and you, you know these players and you know their families and you know their kids' names and you know, you know, you have relationships with them because you, you have, you know, that proximity to them in, in work, whether you played the game, you know, as a former NFL player, even if you played in college or high school or, you know, like you, you know what it means to put that helmet on and, and to go out on the field and to kind of risk your safety and, and to, to hope every time you go out there that you come off the field with your health, that you come off the field and, and are able to spend time with your family. I think anybody with any sort of proximity to this game whatsoever, whether you're writing about it, whether you're playing it, it just hits home in different ways. But I think at some level, we all have this feeling, like you said, where we've just been in a fog for a few days now, and it's hard to really fully focus on anything else. And with good reason, like you said, because that, you know, it is a game and, and, and life is what's most important. His safety is what's mo- most important, his family's well-being. Um, so again, we're, we're going to get to the Bucks and we're going to talk about some football, but the whole time it's, you know, until we know he's okay, that's just going to be our, our prime objective. That's going to be, be where our hearts and minds are. Um, and tomorrow we're, we're, we're pulling for you, buddy. Yeah, it's well said. Yeah. Hanlon's health more important than football games. That's just, you just said that Luke, and that's exactly how I feel. And it's like, yeah, I think we were all, we were all hit differently from, we've never seen a game stop like that we've never seen a game stop due to an injury i mean we've we've seen some horrific injuries over the years in our lifetimes we've never seen a game stop and it was just a different it's just it was just hard to again just hard to get over i mean that night monday night i almost wanted to go wake up my kid and just say i'm just go wake up my kid at midnight and play with him like i don't know i, I didn't know what to do it's yeah. like one of those things so uh yeah obviously that is where our minds are but we are going to take like a, a we're just going to try to distract ourselves i guess talk about the bucks a little bit and then we'll go back to refreshing Twitter again every 15 minutes or so, hoping to get better news on DeMar Hamlin. But uh, the Bucks clinched the NFC South finally, Luke. Finally, they've clinched the NFC South. Uh, they do love to make it as hard on themselves as they can, right, Luke? They just they do. And I think Bucks fans collectively were gasping when punter Jake Camarda corralled a bad snap on the turf and took off running in the final minute with the Bucks only leading by six points because that is... As a fan, a football fan, that is the scariest lead in in sports, right, Luke? When you're up by six and you're just thinking the whole time, you're looking at the, the screen, you're looking at the score the whole time, and you're just like, oh, my God, we're going to lose by one. They're going to score. We're going to lose by one. You just know it when you're up by six. Right, and, and especially in a game where you've missed a field goal, you've had a field goal blocked, you like, the football gods are punishing us. That's why we're up by six, because they know that they're going to allow us to lose by one. We deserve it. You just felt it coming. You felt it coming, and when the punter is running with the football in his own territory. I mean, what was going through your mind there? And then take me through that play that the putter, you, you had a great article on Bucks Wire about a great headline. Uh, just what maybe more important than Tom Brady's three bombs to Mike Evans in this game was uh, the punter making this play in the final minute of the ball game. Yeah, I mean, you know, people will laugh all day long about why you need a punter to run a 4-5-40. Um, well, guess what? <laughs> 
Uh, the Bucks <laughs> spent a fourth, a fourth round pick on a punter who runs a four five forty, and I think he needed every bit of that. He on was Sunday running to, yeah. to to save this game. But I mean, what? First of all, mental, physical. What a presence of mind, and what an athlete. I'm not joking whatsoever to be able to make that play because not only did he have to corral the snap, now his mind is from you know, I got to pin this punt to you're in straight, oh crap mode, right? Like you're in straight, how do I survive this and not just tank our season in this moment, right? So the first thing he does is he makes two defenders miss on the edge, right? Both of those guys that are coming off the edge, he makes them whiff, which gives him the edge and gives him time and a chance to run upfield a little bit and collect himself before getting the punt off before he crosses the line of scrimmage, by the way. So that happens. And the play he makes is incredible. He kicks it at literally the last moment with his right foot, too. He's rolling to his left. And, like, when I watch the replay again, like, the next day, it, if you watch it in slow motion, it's terrifying. That, like, split second where he is running forward. There are defenders coming at him. And he makes that decision in his mind to just drop the ball down to his foot. At just, like, perfectly calm. That ball just drops to the ground. And he kicks it at right the last second with his like right with a right foot moving to his left, right before he gets obliterated out of bounds by a defender. Right, and not only that, the ball just like drops at the three yard line. His eye on McCollum is right there to down it. Obviously, it was there was a penalty on the play because if you're a, an interior blocker, if you're anybody but the gunners, you're not allowed to go downfield until after the ball is kicked. So, Coach Keith, the rookie tight end, he had kind of drifted downfield because obviously everybody thought the ball would have been exactly. punted by then, right? Which leads to one of the biggest things about that play that I don't know if a lot of people realize he took 11 seconds off the clock (laughs) because that play took so long and sure they had the penalty and they had to accept the penalty but if you accept the penalty then you make them re-kick so the clock they don't get that time back right so he took that he took 11 seconds off on that play and then seven seconds on the on the re-kick which was also I think down to like the eight yard line so you still pinned them pretty far and you took 18 of, I think, the 50 or 40 seconds that they had, the Panthers did. They have no timeout. So, I mean, that literally went from the best-case scenario to the worst-case scenario to the best-case scenario in a matter of 18 seconds. And, again, I know the Bucks took a ton of crap from a lot of fans. I was very critical of it when they, tra- they, they traded up, I believe, to, to spend a fourth-round pick on a punter. And I tell you what, <laughs> after that play on Sunday, I would trade that pick for that one play. If he had not made another kick all year long, which he has, and he's been very, very good, by the way, if he had only showed up for that one moment and that one play, there's not a Bucks fan out there that wouldn't trade a fourth-round pick for making sure that they, they win the division. Uh, and that's what happened. Jay Camarda won them the division with that play. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing play. You just did a great breakdown of it. I mean, so say you were traveling, you know, holiday weekends the last two weeks. Maybe you are traveling a little bit. Maybe you didn't get to see the game, but you, you, you caught the post game or you checked in on – Brady's press conference. He's shouting out, "Man, Jake made a hell of a play at the end of the game." It's like, wait, what? Even even a like a, a Bucks fan paying attention has got to be like, Jake, who the hell? What the hell is he talking? Jake? Jake, who the hell is Jake? It's the punter. The punter made the play of the game, and like you you mentioned, like or you broke down, Luke, how difficult that play was and how amazing it was that he got the punt off. I mean, the Panthers had the penalty in their back pocket, but they had to enforce it because the punt got down inside the five yeah Yeah. if he doesn't get that punt inside the five they can say oh you know if there's something else happens if he steps out of bounds first if he goes over the line of scrimmage well now you're screwed but uh 
they had to enforce that penalty because the punt was legal and it got down there. And yeah, now you just have to take the five yard penalty. You still pin him inside the ten. The the point you made on the Ryan, time he, off the if clock. He gets great tackled, point. If all he does is fall on the ball, the the Panthers have the ball at like the forty. Disaster. The Bucks forty with like forty seconds left, and that's plenty of time with no timeouts to go score a touchdown in forty yards. So, I mean, even if he had just damage controlled it. They would have been in such a bad spot. But, man, again, the presence of mind in that moment to make the decision and to know what you needed to do to get the ball away and the athleticism to actually make it happen, play, play of the year, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually folks can do punter talk on their own time, but we had to give a lot of love to the punter right off the bat in this one. In this Punters <laughs> are athletes, too. <laughs> they are, Somebody yes. go tell, they'll tell Pat McAfee, Rich Eisen, whoever needs to hear it. We're, we're pro-punter on this show. We're loving the punter. Again, the Bucks were up six in their own territory punting. With less than a minute to go, if if the Panthers get the ball back in plus territory and score, you might lose by one, and now you don't control your own destiny and going into Week 18, uh, which would have been terrifying for the Bucks and a huge fail. Instead, they've clinched the NFC South. And what? How do you feel about the team now, Luke? All right, we're going to the playoffs, right? We're going to be a team. They're going to host a playoff game. I don't care what the record says. They're hosting a playoff game. That's the rules. Sorry, NFL. Uh, but you know they've shown it flashes. Flashes of brilliance, the first half against Cincinnati, right? I mean, we saw it, and it was like, ooh, man, they're starting to feel... Now, the second half didn't look so good, but we've seen flashes of the Bucks kind of getting it together. Uh, Tom Brady and Mike Evans, they've just been off completely. Like, we, we haven't been... What's going on with their connection? All of a sudden, they hook up for big play after big play in this game when they needed it. So what do you think? Are the Bucks morphing into that team that nobody wants to face? Like, kind of like the team they were in 2020, when you knew, okay... The Bucks are probably going on the road here. They're going to be road warriors, but nobody's going to want to face that team. Uh, are the Bucks starting to become that team in 2020? I mean, it, it looks possible, right? You want to see it for more than just a, a flash here and there. And I know we'll get to that when we talk about the Falcons game here in a minute. But, I mean, it, we've said this before, right? Uh, even just on paper, like, no matter what they do, if they get to the playoffs, if they get that, that NFC South crown, which, again, the whole time it's really been their only ticket, right? If they make that happen, are you really going to want to go on the road to face Tom Brady? You really, even if he has to come on the road to you in like the second round, like do you really, if you're Minnesota, do you feel confident? <laughs> no. You know, that if Tom Brady rolls into town, that you're not going to have to reckon with, with that guy and Evans and Godwin and, and those, the defense if it's getting healthier, which it is. I mean, honestly, one of the best signs to me of what they did on Sunday in terms of their growth and what they can do in the playoffs is, Go back and watch like the last two or three weeks, really the last couple of months, and watch Carolina Panthers run the football, right? And they were, I mean, they were running for 200, 250 yards a game, right? They were just racking it up. And this is after they traded McCaffrey, right? Deontay Foreman, Tuba Hubbard, uh, even Blackshear. Like that backfield was just taking games over and just dominating people on the ground. This is a game that the Panthers led. The whole game until the what the first, fourth quarter when when Evans caught the second touchdown right or, or even the third one I think that was that was the lead right Bucks go up twenty one sixteen or twenty four twenty one whatever it was you know what I mean like this is a game that the Panthers were ahead almost the entire game until the fourth quarter yep they rushed for seventy four yards three point eight yards a carry okay and and speak it speaks to again Vita Vita Vea has been hurt he's been playing hurt for like a month Will Golston who might be the most underrated player on this entire team, and Levante Davis on this team, so that tells you something. I mean, Will Golston picked the best possible time to have the game of his life. I mean, he was dominant against the run. He was getting pressure on the quarterback. 
you have when you have Akeem Hicks and 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 Vita Vea in the game, it's just really hard to run the ball. Vita, Vita Vea played through injury to make sure he was available for this game, and he was dominant. Again, Will Golston was dominant. Anthony Nelson strip sacks in both of the last two games in key moments to, to help seal the win this time. He's he played every snap the last three games. Now that uh, Shaq Barrett's been out, he's been playing out of his mind. Joe Tryon Choyanka had some great plays on Sunday. So the, the biggest sign to me is obviously you know on offense, it's it's Brady and, and Evans finally hooking up. How about the fact that you know with Evans' line that he had ten for two hundred seven and three touchdowns, Godwin was went nine for one twenty as well. Okay, so. And remember, Godwin is just now at the year mark since the injury, right? It's just now been a year since he tore his ACL in week 15 of last season. So I think Godwin is finally getting back to being 100%. Again, they didn't have him at this point last year. So you look at all these things, you look at the fact that offensive line just gave Tom that extra half a second this week. You see, I think maybe they're getting it together on the offensive line. They're protecting Tom just long enough for him to take some of those deeper shots down the field. So when you couple that with the fact that the run defense was dominant against one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL, they're getting healthier in the, in the defensive backfield. I think, again, the writing's on the wall here. I still think that when you've got Tom Brady, when you've got the things that the Bucks are doing well right now, if they figure it out, if they put it together for four quarters, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league and they're definitely a team nobody's going to want to touch. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think the Cowboys are excited about what is projected to be their first uh, round matchup. And you look around the league like the Giants, they're in, the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are a team that trailed, trailed the Colts 33 to nothing at halftime right, of a game right. a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Eagles have an injured quarterback. They're trying to get Jalen Hurts healthy. I don't know. It's starting to look like, I, I mean, I, we know the 49ers would be a problem if the Bucks faced them. But uh, I don't know. It's starting to shape up like uh, it, almost wide open in the NFC right now. And, and why not? Why could the Bucks not? figure it out and make a run. But it comes down to like where are they going to be at? Right? You just mentioned the health, right? Maybe they're getting healthier. We've been waiting for this moment all year long. I feel like Luke that we feel like they're healthy enough to make a run. Got to have Chris Godwin healthy. Got to have Mike Evans healthy and all these guys uh, clicking. So that hey, Ryan, something we haven't mentioned is the fact that cuz we were off last week, right? Yeah. Ryan Jensen is back at practice. Yeah, it's huge. Ryan Jensen has the, his three-week window open right now. They didn't play him, obviously, on Sunday. We knew that wasn't going to happen. He's very unlikely to play Sunday against Atlanta, I think. But he's going through positional drills. He's out there. He's got a three-week window here that he's about halfway through um, to, to, to return to the active roster. So you think maybe not this week. But going into that wild-card week, it's, I mean, if they, get, if they get Ryan Jensen back, the Pro Bowl center in front of, in front of Brady, I'm telling you, man, you were talking about getting healthier at the right time. It's very similar to getting Vita Vea back on the, in the Super Bowl run when he had broken his leg in week five and then he got back to the NFC title game. If they get Ryan Jensen back at full health, if he's really ready to go, man, what a, what a huge boost it would be. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, huge, huge. Right? I mean, that goes without saying. And so it's all about getting as healthy as possible, Luke. You know where I'm going with this, right? Todd Bowles. He tells us that the starters are going to play in this ball game. Yeah. Should they? Should they? We're locked into the number four seed, right? Locked in as the NFC South champion. We know the record's not good enough to do anything else uh, in comparison to these other teams in the NFC. So if you're Todd Bowles, Luke, are you letting Brady play? Uh, although he's going to pout and be pissed about it and all that, you know that. But are you letting Brady and your big guns go in this ball game, knowing you have everything locked in? and 
It does seem, though, across the league, uh, and we know that Bowles has said, yes, the starters are going to go. I want to get your take on it. It does seem like more and more coaches are more worried about rust than rest, aren't they? Isn't that that yep. seems to be a trend? It does. It does. And, and listen, this is something I can see from both sides, right? If if Bowles was like, nah, got nothing to play for, we're gonna we're gonna just stay, you know, keep him safe, keep him healthy, I would get it. But I also equally understand the other side of it for a bunch of different reasons, particular to the Bucks, right? We just talked about you know, are they finally that team? Are they finally, you know, clicking on all cylinders and getting all these things together? I don't think they are. And I think they're getting closer, which is like, this feels like the worst possible time to tell those guys to sit, right? You're, you're coming off a game, particularly on offense, where you finally, you, they scored 30, 30 points for the second time all year. And the first time they lost, they played Kansas City, right? They lost 41 to 30. So you're going to tell me that you finally starting to pick up this chemistry on offense, trying to, you got this momentum going. And now you're going to come into the week 18 and tell everybody to sit. Like, I don't think the Bucks can afford that. I don't think the Bucks are, are in a position where they can tell their offense, "Hey, it's cool, take the week off." Y'all got work to do. <laughs> y'all, y'all have work to still do to continue this trend and and make these connections continue to build going into the playoffs. You, you, the last thing you want to do is stop that. Give all your first team reps to Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask all week and game plan around them and have them go into Atlanta. And then try to ramp it back up again at a, at a postseason level. I don't see that. I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Bucks to to ramp up in a, in a natural, organic way from the win they had on Sunday. You win the division. You go into this game with a chance to, to polish and fine tune some things against Atlanta, against an Atlanta team who obviously would love to play spoiler, but I think would love just as much to get a higher draft pick in terms of management. So, you know, this is a great opportunity to build on that success uh, on the comeback you had in Carolina. Never mind the fact that there's still like personal things for guys. Chris Godwin has a chance to go over a thousand yards, you know, a, a, a year after tearing his ACL. I think that's going to be important to him. You got Tom Brady, who right after the win on Sunday, they asked him already, like, "Hey, are you, you know, cool either way if you play or not?" He he was very adamant. He's he's like, "Listen, I, I've not played in very few games in my career, and because I can't, you know, I've been I had the ACL, got suspended." You know, like if I can play, I'm going to be out there. Like it's going to really piss me off if I can't if I can't be out there. You know, Bowles was pretty you know noncommittal earlier in the week. Seems like again we're recording this on a Wednesday. He's he's going to play everybody. I think if the Bucks are still winning, you know, by a good bit in the second half, maybe he takes everybody out. But if this is a close game for four quarters, I don't think anybody's coming out of the game. And I kind of agree with it. I think obviously there's some injury risk there. You don't want to see like a a Tristan Wirfs thing like he had in the wild card round last year where he gets hurt you don't have him for the division round. Obviously, you know, you don't want any of that stuff to happen, but I just think this Bucks team in particular is just not in a position to rest their most important players this week, even though I know no matter what happens, the, the, the records won't matter. It's also the difference between a winning season and a losing season. Tom Brady's never had a losing season. The, the Bucks don't want another losing season. They... It, there's a lot of reasons why this team needs to play their starters and needs to continue to build that positive momentum going into this game. Uh, and I think that's, that's what I expect to see. I, I think hopefully they go up big and they can pull those guys, but they're going to play them as long as they need to on Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way about you. I think that's the, the right approach. Uh, nine and eight does, it, it does make you feel better going into the postseason than eight and nine and uh, being a losing team going into the playoffs. It just, there is something psychological there keeping it going. They've shown flashes. They still haven't put four quarters together. It would be nice to see them put four quarters together against a bad Atlanta team. So 
we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I, I was rolling my eyes a little bit when Brady was talking during his, his post game presser, Luke, because uh, you know me. I I grew up watching him. I, I watched every game, every snap of his Patriots career growing up, and he used to bitch and moan about coming out in the preseason. He would he would he hated the preseason games. He wouldn't come out of those. It's like Tom, you you don't nobody plays the whole preseason. He's like, oh man, I want to be out there. So this is Tom Brady. He doesn't he doesn't not. Uh, sorry for the double negative. He doesn't not start games. You know what I mean? He starts games. He uh, he starts every game. He wants to be out there. He wants to be out there if it's forty to nothing bucks kneeling on the football at the end. That's just how he is. So if Todd Bowles does take him out, even if the Bucks are leading, he's going to probably. Uh, bitch and moan about it but watch out tablets yeah, yeah exactly he'll awesome be awesome tablets he'll be mad but that's that's why todd bowles gets paid to be the head coach of the bucks uh so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out i am like i'm a little curious about the the betting line in this ball game we usually talk about the spread make a prediction luke and uh why are the bucks a four-point underdog in this ball game i can't figure out why it must be because people are betting the falcons thinking the bucks are not going to play their starters or at least not going to play them deep into the ball game. Todd Bowles seems to be saying otherwise. You're telling me otherwise, unless the game gets out of hand. But if the game gets out of hand, then the Bucks are going to cover a four-point spread when they're getting the points. So the Bucks are four-point dogs right now in Atlanta. What is What should stop me from running to my phone and placing that wager right now, multiple units? Like, Bucks plus four at Atlanta when Todd Bowles is saying the starters are going to play. It's like, I can't figure out why the line is where it is right now, unless somebody's lying to me and 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 you know trying to trying to mess with me and like fool me here, Luke. I I don't see why I shouldn't be running to my phone and placing this wager as we speak. As you as you respond to this question right now, I, I tell you what, and anybody who's listened to this show all season long, how many times have I told you to bet money on the bus in any way? Actually, basically zero. Even when they're playing like they, the worst team in football, zero. I'm yeah. almost always like, I just can't do it. The first Carolina game. Like, the first Carolina game. You're like, no, <laughs> no, no way. Go wherever you partake and hammer the Bucks plus four right now. I don't like. I don't get it at all. Maybe they just haven't caught up to to the fact that that Todd wants to play the starters, and and maybe they're not just paying close attention to where this team is, which is what I just explained. Like they need this game. To, to fine tune themselves and not, you know, sure. They'd love to see Kyle Trask and see what he's got. We got more important things to worry about right now. Okay. We need to get this offense on the same page. We need to get them clicking before they go in and face the Cowboys or the Eagles. Um, so yeah, I, I have been very, very conservative uh, with my, my betting advice this week. And I think I'll, I'll take this one opportunity maybe uh, to confidently say that I, I personally would, would go hammer the bucks plus four right now because I don't see the starters coming out of this game unless the Bucks are way better than plus four uh, at, at a point later in this game. Uh, so I, I would feel finally feel comfortable putting some money on Tampa Bay. Okay, I'm literally scrolling as we speak, and I'm looking at uh, we get our odds from the Tipico Sportsbook when we do the shows, Luke, and it, the line has already moved to three and a half. So folks, uh-huh. folks, see? folks are going to want to bet the Bucks. It's already the money's already coming in. People are already smelling a rat here. Why are the Bucks? Why did they? Why were they four point dogs? Again, so now Tampa Bay is a three and a half point dog at some books. So depending on where you make your bets, go go bet that right now. If if you're you know if you like to put a little money on the game, uh, that's what I'm going to be doing uh, because yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, do you feel like you feel like the Bucks are going to go and, and beat up on the Falcons? Is that kind of your your gut feeling for this matchup, Luke? I think. 
Tom Brady is 11 and 0 against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> it's a good and stat. And I think Tom Brady uh, <laughs> wants to be nine and eight and not eight and nine. Uh, I think Tom Brady wants to go into the playoffs as hot as possible. Uh, and I think that means you remember the the Lions game in 2020, right, where they were up like 31 to nothing at halftime. And then they sent Blaine Gabbard in for the second half. Like, that's what Brady wants. Yep. I think that's yep. what he's going to be planning and, and, and putting himself in position to do. I think we see some no huddle and a lot of deep shots early, some play action to try to get everything out of the way uh, to, the way, to the point where the Bucks can, can comfortably coast to a better than plus four victory uh, in this game. So, yeah, yeah, go, go, go do that. I'm going to do that, but just give me this hypothetical, right? Because again, the Bucks can't move. They're the four seed. What if they play their starters and they lose this ball game, Luke? <laughs> like, how would you feel going into the playoffs? Not great, right? That that would change everything. I mean, no, you don't you don't feel great, but at the same time, none of it will matter when you when you get to that playoff game. Yeah. I don't like. I won't. It'll it'll be annoying because it'll just be frustrating to watch. But at the end of the day, it's like they're still going to have a playoff game. They're still going to have a home playoff game. So if if they show up, then I don't really care to be quite honest. I'm with you. So there it is. I'll be less encouraged, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I won't be as, as confident going into that game. It'll uh, give but us... Maybe it'll lower my expectations enough to where I won't be disappointed and I'll just be pleasantly surprised if they win. It'll be, give us something to bitch about going into the uh, playoff preview next right. week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we will be back next week uh, to preview the playoff matchup. Looking forward to that, of course. Uh, between now and then, I'm, go- I'm going back to refreshing Twitter. I mean, I'm ho- hopefully we keep getting positive news. It looks like the Demar Hamlin stuff is—it's heading in the right direction, I guess. You could, if you want to look at it that way. I don't want to speculate, but I'm going back to Twitter, Luke. I'm going to go back to Twitter, refreshing that thing, and hoping for the best, and hoping we could just get back to watching football, enjoying football again, and uh, kind of get out of this like scary fog that we've been in over the last couple of days. I agree, man, and I think every, I think it's it's a, a healthy opportunity for all of us to have just a little a little dose of perspective, both you know in our own lives and for what these players and their families go through on a weekly basis. Akeem Hicks, the Bucks defensive lineman, was just talking to the media today, and they asked him, you know, like what's that like for you as a player? And he mentioned, like he's he's honestly, it's really hard on our families because you know we go out there and play. And they just have to sit there and watch. Like, they just have to sit there and wait and hope that we will be able to get out of it healthy. So, you know, let that be a, a reminder. Anybody who's listening to this show, if, if you if you feel like criticizing your favorite players at any point, if you feel like, you know, heaven forbid, blaming someone like T. Higgins for what happened on that play on a tackle we've seen a million times, you know, just, just remember, you know, have a little bit of perspective and understand what these players are sacrificing, understand what their families are going through every time they step on that field and, uh, Maybe just take a step back a little bit and, and understand what's really important. That's Luke Easterling right there. Check him out on Bucks Wire, of course, as uh, stuff on Tabar Hamlin, stuff on Bucks Falcons. You could also check Luke out on Draft Wire. It's kind of getting in a fun time of year for Draft Wire as well, right, Luke? We're getting to that time. Off season, college bulls, they're kind of wrapping up a little bit. Start talking draft soon. This is a it's a fun time to be on the USA Today's Draft Wire as well right now. Yeah, it's my time of year, buddy. You know that. that. Is, um, is. I, there up. is no off season. There's buck season and there's draft season. So yep. there's, you know, I just cycle in and out. So yeah, we're already, we're already uh, full go on draft wire. Come over there if you're a fan of any of the 32 teams. We got you all covered uh, there from a draft perspective. Uh, and then Bucks wire obviously will have everything covered with Atlanta and heading into the playoffs for the third time in a row. Ryan, let's That's go. Only happened one other time in Bucks history. 
uh, from 99 to 2002. They went four years in a row and, and ended with that first Super Bowl. So this doesn't happen very often. I know it's been a rough year. It's been disappointing. But Bucks fans, you're back-to-back NFC South champs for the first time ever. You're going to the playoffs for the third year in a row for the second time ever. Soak it up. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird year, but it's all brought us to this point. We're going to be talking playoffs next week. I can't wait to do that. So again, for Luke, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the pod this week. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.